this episode of Clone Yourself, I'm switching things up to talk with a friend, Roger Burnett, from the promotional products industry. In this episode, we're going to hear the mindset behind letting go and how Roger is prioritizing the projects and tasks he does within his own business so that he can focus on his greatest strengths, which just happens to be sales and marketing. Before we get started, I want to remind you that if you have not yet checked out the first 15 episodes of the Clone Yourself podcast, please, please, please go back and listen to those because in those first 15 episodes, we sequentially laid out a step-by-step process for you to start working with virtual assistants. So just go back and listen to the pilot through the first 15 and you'll learn exactly all the steps you need to take so that you can work less and make more so you can play more. Now for the pod with Roger. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Clone Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Caver, and today I am talking with one of my friends from the industry that I work in, promotional products industry, better known as just simply swag. Now, this guy is amazing. I have known him for a few years now, and when I first got to know him, he was working with a supplier, and then he started a nonprofit called Promo Cares that turned into a podcast and a movement and so much more. And now I am just really impressed with the business that he started just about 13, eh, maybe 14 months ago by the time this uh, podcast goes live. Roger Burnett, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Couldn't be better, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you letting me come on and talk a little bit about what's going on. You know, I really wanted to have you on the pod because I really admire that you are into mindfulness, you are into giving back and all that sort of thing. You haven't really had the journey, it seems like, with working with virtual assistants, but that's okay because this podcast is so much more than just working with VAs. At its core, it's about getting your time back and living your best life and not being a slave to work. And that's exactly what you are promoting you know you're really helping the industry you're helping the world what i want to know is tell could you tell us a little bit about promo cares and where you got the idea for promo cares i will but before we get to that let's stay on va topic for a second okay yeah so on my podcast on the so you're in sales podcast one of the topics that we consistently cover with guests who come on the show is the idea of making capital investments versus hiring out services. Mm -hmm. And to me, for small and medium-sized businesses, oftentimes it's really just a mathematics equation. It's how much more profit can you drive to the bottom line of the business if you eliminate some of the tasks that are not high-value tasks to your sales activities. So if you can free up more time to sell, how much more time can you use to bring more profit to the bottom line subtract that from the cost of whatever you're going to hire out. And that's really the true gain that you're capable of getting. And a lot of times people aren't willing to reduce it to just that kind of mathematical computation because Sam, they have to make the commitment to go sell more then. And it's easier to make an excuse and not hire the assistant to force yourself to go do the work than it is to actually go through the process of hiring that person so that you can free yourself up. So for those who come to talk or hear about VAs as a topic for this podcast, it's not lost on me. We're frequently trying to figure out ourselves because we're, we are a small business ourselves faced with that challenge. So I'll leave that at that. And now we'll talk a little bit about <laughs> promo care. So. 
um, when I was re-entering the industry a few years back now, my good friend Danny Rosen and I were considering how the small supplier that we were about to, that I was about to open, that I was asking his, his advice about, could differentiate itself in the marketplace. You know, it's really challenging for a supplier, especially a smaller supplier in, in the promotional products industry because of the way that the buying groups work and way some of the um, larger distributor out partners out there, they're really looking for more contractual agreements with givebacks and things that perhaps a smaller supplier is not capable of, of doing. So absent those value um, drivers that you're going to need to meet as a supplier, you have to come up with something else to be able to stand out in the marketplace. So as I was considering with Danny uh, how we were going to be able to differentiate, he asked me a pretty simple question. He said, you know, Roger, who is it the supplier in the industry that does the most good? Mm -hmm. And regardless of whether we were able to come up with an answer or not, I think there are some, a couple pretty obvious answers. What was really striking to us in the discussion was the fact that there weren't a lot of people to choose from. There were a couple and most of them are larger suppliers and there really weren't much beyond that, especially in the small supplier category. So that kind of was the impetus behind the idea of perhaps there would be a way to differentiate using that kind of value as opposed to a price concession or some other uh, pricing arrangement. And it, one thing led to another. I, I was wishing Danny a Merry Christmas. And in the process of wishing him that Merry Christmas, I told him that I believe that the idea of suppliers and distributors in our industry getting together to tell the stories about the goodness that's happening in the industry was something that I, A, thought needed to see the light of day, and B, I was willing to put in the effort in order to be able to make that come to life. And that's really how the ball got rolling. We had some other folks who were having similar conversations that we were able to get our arms around. We had a meeting in Vegas a few years ago at Expo to try to sort of kick that thing off in earnest. And now we're into year three of what we're doing. No, that's amazing. And, you know, from the outside looking in, I've, I've watched the journey from, from birth to where it is now. So really proud of what you guys are doing. And you're so right that there's so many stories to that are just not being told, right? And from the outside in, like outside of our industry, outside looking at an industry of tchotchkes, as some people think of our industry. I mean, hold on. Real quick, I'm going to tell a quick story about how I refused to sell $2 um, charging cables just this morning to a client. <laughs> and I said, and it's a tech company too. I said, hey, listen, th these are going to break. Get, your clients are tech in Silicon Valley. They already have cables that are good quality. Right. It's going to end up in the landfill and it's going to uh, look bad on your brand. I go, honestly, a lot of people would say that I'm dumb, dumb for turning away a sale, but I don't want to contribute more waste. And yeah, the part of that is it's a hundred percent true and it aligns with my morals, but I know you have a podcast, so you're in sales. That's also a sales tactic as well, right? Because now you're building that rapport and they go, oh, wow, like I really can trust this person. It's obviously not why I do it, but my long-winded um, explanation or thought here is from the outside looking in, you know, there's these articles from Fast Company and just different stuff about how we just have junk and all this. It's cool to shine a light on all the good work we are doing. And you're right, there's no one source that really does that. So Promo Cares has really curated that throughout the industry. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that. You know, really what, what, we, what we're saying is when it's done poorly, the term that we like to assign to badly done promotional products is brand fill. Oh, and, I love that. And really what we're trying to say is we would like to pivot our medium away from brand fill and to making it more mementos mm-hmm. and things that are representations of memories that people want to hold on to because they're assigned some positive mental correlation to the thing that they have, right? I think if you look at any one of our offices, we're surrounded by things that are memories of times in our lives that we want to hold on to. And oftentimes that memory is held on to by the way of a memento, a, you know, something that we have around us that when we look at it, it can remind us of, of something positive in our lives. And when we practitioners of promotional marketing do it well, it's oftentimes seen as a memento. So promo cares in many ways are our, our objective by highlighting the stories and, and telling them was to try to elevate the perception of our medium in comparison mm-hmm. to where it's been seen traditionally up until this point. And what, you know, I think you marry that with some changing consumer sentiment on the buying side of the table where, you know, what had traditionally been called for lack of a better term, trinkets and trash that just makes it so painfully hard, hard, heartening to hear, you know, the uh, younger emerging demographics love what we do when it's done well, they call it swag, but they call it that because they think it's awesome. And we practitioners in the industry, if we're smart, we will recognize how to connect that desire on the buyer's part with the consumer buying trends that they're already exhibiting in their personal lives, right? So the buy one, give one model, the, you know, 1% for the planet, all of these things that you're seeing going on at retail, if we can make them understand that there's something similar going on in our space and have it by virtue of the story that the product is able to tell, elevate the perception of the medium, then I'm all for that. Nice. No, yeah, totally. That's what you guys are doing. So it's good stuff there. From a business point of view and a time management, when launching a nonprofit such as Promo Cares three years ago, that's a big undertaking. You know, how did you build out your team and really decide which roles you would take on versus delegate to others? Yeah, this is for, again, the VA community. This is the thing where you need to be thinking about how you can delegate your tasks in a way that won't drive you crazy. And I would tell you that our team is small but mighty, but um, you're giving us a little bit too much credit there, Sam. We are actually not a legitimized 501c3 or any kind of nonprofit organization like that. We're mostly just a committed group of caring people who want to make sure that our stories are told and shared in the ways that uh, we would intend them to be. But from a blocking and tackling perspective, it really has been just like every other volunteer effort that you've ever seen. It's what do we need? Who do we know? And we are in the middle right now of a project called 100 New Voices. So thank you for asking me that question. I'm responsible right now for a project where we are looking for 100 additional people to participate in the Promo Cares movement. And that, you know, typically when we hear that, it sounds like, well, gosh, what would I do? And, you know, oftentimes when you're trying to participate as a volunteer, the real scary part is, the organization you may want to volunteer for doesn't tell you exactly what it is you're going to have to do. And we are not going to do that. Actually, this is um, essentially 
making sure that we bring together a coalition of the willing to continue to extend the reach of the work that we're already doing by sharing out the stories that we're creating and posting and curating on social media, and then adding people's own personal opinions about what they're reading and hearing so that they can share them with their own communities and perhaps help spread the word of the, what the good work that's being done in the promotional products industry can reach a broader audience. So it's not real scary. And then ultimately, if there are people within those hundred who decide that once they've started doing that with us, that they'd like to do more, then we'll allow them the opportunity to raise their hand and say, hey, I've got more to offer. But in the short term, the idea is we're creating a tremendous amount of content and that's spread across a very small amount of people. (laughs) And so we're looking for an opportunity now to grow that network in a way that would alleviate some of that burden. Almost like brain ambassadors uh, to get started too. It sounds like. Yeah, for sure. That's a hundred percent the model that this is built on. And we think that's a reflection of sort of where social media is today when you're doing it successfully. It's trying to find people who have a passion for a specific medium and then allowing them to sort of take up ownership of that space within what promo cares is doing on, on that channel, because that's where they'll speak in the most authentic voice. So we're trying to find people who are willing to do that. No, that's awesome. And for anyone that's interested in learning more, what's the best way for them to go about that? So we are on practically all of the socials. So you're more than welcome to message us through any of them, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got accounts on all three of those. So just if you look for promo cares, you should be able to find us. And if you reach out via any one of those, we are happy to respond and we will be back to you in a jiffy. Almost uh, would be cool if you guys had a virtual assistant to set up a little landing page with a, with a form <laughs> to get filled out to go to your email, right? That'd you know how that cool. would work? <laughs> Pretty easy to do. I'll have to teach you how to work with VAs after this call. But um, yeah, no, good stuff. And one thing that I want to give you some kudos for, because it's very hard to do, is you recently, eh, probably a while ago now, but you let go of doing the Promo Cares podcast. And that is something very hard for any leader, any person to let go something of something that they built, right? And that you just do and you feel like, hey, I am a podcaster. This is part of who I am. But you know that I can only do so much. I don't necessarily need to be doing this part of it anymore. So can you talk to us about how you came to the decision to let that go and what that looks like for you? Boy, oh boy, you, you're, talking, you're talking the truth. It's like letting one of your children out of the house. Right, yeah, totally. And, and you pray that your child will make good decisions and <laughs> will, will be a good representation of the family name and when you're you know, no longer in its supervision. Um, I, I believe that Promo Cares is music and we all have instruments that we can play that allow us to, to, to make that music. So I'm happy if I'm playing an instrument in the band and we find someone else who has the affinity for that same instrument, far be it for me to hog a spot when there's more than ample seats in the band for us to go play different stuff. So by, um, you know, Carrie had expressed some interest in participating in the organization and I think 
you know, as you may see with anyone who may decide to want to raise their hand for the 100 Voices Project, the first thing we're going to ask you is, what do you like to do the most? Mm. And Carrie had expressed an affinity for wanting to get involved in podcasting, but really didn't want to go to the trouble of coming up with a completely new vehicle of her own. So what great opportunity for me to allow her the opportunity to take responsibility for something that certainly I've started. But in reality, if you look at it from that band perspective, it's like, oh, I think it's neat that we've been playing music long enough that we can invite other people to be in the band. And I'm really excited to see what she does with that instrument because just because I did it didn't mean that it was the best version of that that it could possibly be. And allowing other people the opportunity to lend their voice to what that's supposed to be, I think is neat. So um, yeah, you know, for sure there was some letting go involved and, but I've tried to stay not, I'm, I'm not hands-on with Carrie by any stretch, but she knows that if she wants to talk about any piece or part of what she's doing and ask my advice or get guidance, I'm always there to help. And I don't know if you noticed, but I do sneak back into the host chair every now and again, when I find a guest that I specifically have asked to be on the show. So I'm, I'm, I'm not completely gone, but most of the time. <laughs> For sure. You know, that's one of the harder things for entrepreneurs, though, is letting go. I mean, I obviously talk with a lot of entrepreneurs. I hear from a lot of people that have failed at working with virtual assistants. And it all starts with the mindset. And what I'm hearing from you is you had that mindset of like, we're a team, maybe not a sports team, we're a music team, we're a band, you know, and however you want to look at it, that's awesome, right? You know, and when you do have um, some sort of feeling of your why, you know, and um, it really helps. So that's cool that you're able to do that and also still find your way back in, especially when it's a good contact, a friend, whatever it may be that you want to have that discussion with. So good stuff there. Moving on. So social good promotions. This is your new business. And this is, um, it, it sounds like you have a counterpart or you have one employee. Yep. So Kara Keister is my promise keeper to my title of promise maker. Mm. So the way that works is when people ask me questions and I'm not entirely certain my answer is I got to check with my promise keeper because I can't make any promises. She can't keep. That's amazing. So what does your promise keeper do? Like what, what are these type of questions that you wouldn't know the answers to then? Uh, can we have this product to this place decorated in this way by this date? Oh, I love it. So you're getting yourself out of the logistical stuff. Um, who wants to be doing I don't want to be doing that. A lot of people do, but <laughs> yeah. I, no. I am the sales and marketing arm of the operation. Kara is entirely operations focused. And from the time the order is uh, approved by the customer till the moment it shows up on their doorstep, that is when Kara takes over her ninja skills and does what she does. And I'm out uh, playing Pied Piper and getting everybody passionate about what it is we're doing to make the world a better place. What is your sales strategy these days? I mean, cause you've been in the industry for, and you have a strong marketing and sales background. Are you more of a cold emailing, cold calling, or like, what is your prospecting look like? So part of what the last few years have taught not just me, but all of us is the difficulty that's been created by the digital divide and some, some sort of uh, fundamentals of my sales strategy are 
The people on the other side of the transaction still are desperate for in-person connection, but the system has been designed in a way to prevent both of us on either side of the transaction from having the opportunity to do it because people are getting in the way and creating all kinds of noise and havoc and ruckus that all of us that are really well-intended are also struggling in that sea of what's going on. So, you know, differentiation via added value has always sort of been my strategy. And, you know, that's evolved over time. But today it's much more about showing the purpose behind our brand and having people understand what it is that we as an organization really stand for. And then trying to align ourselves with other companies that we feel like have a similar strategy or have recognized that perhaps this is something that they need to wake up within their own businesses and are looking for help to do it. So if, you know, oftentimes I'm asked kind of like, who is your target customer? And most of the time my answer is those clients who really give a damn about what happens with the marketing dollars that they spend once they've given them to a partner. And we're able to document and really be able to give you an audit trail to explain what it is we're doing with the money that people give us for promotional products and events and sales and marketing consulting so that we can show them the way that their purchases are actually having an impact in the community. So what is your prospecting strategy then to find those clients? Well, I'm, I'm networking like crazy. I don't, I don't believe there's really, I haven't sent a MailChimp or constant contact email in the 13 months we've been in business. So I don't believe that that's the way that you go about doing things today. I believe you've got to establish an in-person connection with a person and you have to be patient enough to wait and not be intrusive and give them the opportunity to understand what it is that you might be able to do for them in the moment that they're really ready to receive that message. So you've got to maintain a routine and consistent schedule of contact with them that includes all kinds of different things, including promotional products. Right. So, so offline networking. I'm, uh, on, um, not different from what I'm suggesting to my customers. Okay. So offline networking, not online networking is what you're saying. Old school. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know, am I growing my LinkedIn connections? Sure. But the right. objective is to turn those into real face-to-face meetings as soon as possible. For the ones that align with your, yeah. your mission. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So you're out in Michigan. Are there a lot of uh, social good type networking events that you're going to? Cause I imagine you'd be trying to go to more niche events that, versus just like general networking events. You would think that, and there definitely is a reason for one to want to find uh, kindred spirits for sure. But you also have to remember that that's where the biggest competition is going to be for other marketing firms that have a purpose bent. So not that I don't want to be in that community and, and have an understanding of who the other people are who are doing things from a similar perspective. But in reality, it's in networking groups where businesses really maybe haven't grasped the concept yet where my message most frequently resonates. Because if I can continue to show them ways that this is showing itself up in their day-to-day activities. Really what I'm doing is building a, a bridge of breadcrumbs to them realizing that, oh my gosh, like he keeps saying stuff that makes sense to me every single week to the point where I got to listen to this person and really start thinking about this because he's hitting my pain points right on the head. And 
I've found that it's those combination. Because remember, Sam, the thing that I think anybody who's listening to this really needs to remember is almost every business that you would consider doing some work for is faced with the same challenge that we are all faced with. There are other people selling what they do. And more often than not, there are people who are selling it cheaper and faster and in some other way being perceived as being superior to the way that that person is trying to sell. And if you can help them along the way in their attempt to differentiate, you will earn their business. Mm. And whether or not it's promotional products or toilet paper or toothpaste, it doesn't matter. But you've got to be able to show them that extra value. And the best way to do that is, especially for me, I'm trying to do the exact same thing all of them are trying to do. So I'm just trying to show them the ways I'm trying to accomplish the same task. And when I speak from a first person position and understand the pain points that well, it has a tendency to allow people to want to pay a little bit better attention to what I'm saying. Cool. Cool. No, good stuff. Well, that's all awesome that's uh, working for you and you can scale that. That's what it's all about and that you're able to focus on sales, which is your passion and not the other stuff. So that's pretty much it, Roger. Thank you for uh, jumping on the show. And uh, we, we have some good nuggets here, letting go and uh, definitely focusing on your passion, hiring out for the rest, which is key ingredients to successfully work less and make more so you can play more because that is the goal of being an entrepreneur. With that said, thank you so much for coming on. What's the best way for people to uh, stay in touch with you and connect? I would say Roger Burnett on LinkedIn is probably the fastest way to get there. Or if you want to hit me on email, if you're still old school, email hop. Email's old school these days. Roger at socialgoodpromotions.com. And that's Roger, R-O-G-E-R. Sweet. Thanks, Roger. Thanks, man. Take care, Sam. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did and you have not yet left a five-star review on iTunes, could you please just take 11 seconds, maybe it'll take you seven seconds, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Leaving a five-star review helps others discover the podcast so they can learn and benefit from it as well. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Clone Yourself Podcast.